everyone. I'm Alex West. And I'm Andrea Subasati, and we're from the Faculty of Horror Podcast. And you're listening to the Zombie Girls Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Horror Podcast, where we review horror from a feminist-ish perspective. Sometimes we fail a bit, <laughs> uh, but we try. We try. For this episode, we're going to be reviewing a couple of spooky house films, The Amityville Horror and The Conjuring. And to join me to talk about these movies are our very own English Rose, Jody. Hello. And the woman who has seen all nine million Amityville movies, Sarah. Hi. Actually, no, I, I wasn't able to, to see all of them. Oh, uh, how many would you say? Like, well, 10? From, from the ones that I've actually, from the ones that I've actually seen, I'd say I'd seen about five but I think at last count, there were 17 of them. Bloody so, oh yeah. Oh, God. Mm. Is there really 17 of these movies? Yes, there's the original three. There's Return to Amityville, Amityville, It's About Time, the new Amityville Horror, the remake, Amityville Playhouse, Amityville Dollhouse, Amityville Asylum. Yeah, it's... I'm just looking, I'm just looking on the IMDb, and including ones that haven't got a main page, it looks like there's 20. <gasps> mm. yeah. of amityville movies yeah yeah is this just like in the public domain is it like frankenstein where every like they just constantly pump them out because nobody owns it maybe i don't know because I, I feel know. like it has a proper noun in it it should belong like there should and it was based on a book at one point mm. how is it that everybody can make an amityville movie no idea hmm Audience, do you know the legal <laughs> ramifications of this? Get back maybe, to us. Maybe it's like Let's the see. Hellraiser franchise, because wasn't there something about they just had to keep pumping out shitty ones, otherwise they'd lose the rights? So maybe there's oh, someone just like... Oh, that's interesting. Maybe. Mm. That's something how you get that. Amityville Dollhouse. Got it. Mm. Makes yeah. sense. Well, <laughs> well, let's see. The ones that are listed on IMDb DB as in development. Amityville in development? Cop. Yeah. <laughs> Amityville High. Amityville Cop. Return to Amityville. <laughs> Uh, Amityville, the beginning, and Amityville Harvest. No Amityville in space? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Give it a minute, it's coming. Okay, you're right, you're right. Maybe that'll be... Oh, first Zombie Girls uh, production. We're gonna make it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Amityville in space! Turns out that the house was a spaceship all along! <laughs> and it was not a portal to hell, it was a wormhole. Oh my god, I've got it. All right, I'm not going to publish this. It's too good. I can't let this gold just go out onto the internet. (laughs) Stop the (laughs) card. So how have you ladies been? Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Busy. Yeah, my my rib is uh, starting to heal a little bit. You're Mm. busted. I I heard you, what, sneezed for the first time since breaking a rib? How was that? Sounds fun. It's the worst. Yeah, I had hiccups on Monday for the first time and it's, yeah, but sneezing is the worst and that's still, that's still the worst part. Really? What? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been there, Joe. I I know how you feel. Trust sucks, me. doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Oh God, it does. Yeah, you don't realize how much you use the trunk of your body in like every <laughs> movement ever. Right. Yeah, it's rough. How did you do yours, Sarah? I fell out of a tree. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what are you doing in the dark? <laughs> Maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you guys have been up to that's been exciting? Cool. Yeah, well, I had a birthday. Much. And I, I got to feed a tiger and an elephant, so that was oh, fun. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah, I got to pet the elephant, which was very exciting. Oh, I got to pet an elephant. Oh, nice. 
they're like their skin is really it's like it's very it's not rough it's like very firm but like mm-hmm. what's crazy is the hair like i thought it would be soft coarse to the point it like actually poked my hand and hurt my hand oh yeah yeah it's, it's like, crazy it's like i mean it was like still pigs. awesome mm. yeah it was intense i've seen them behind fences many many times mm-hmm. but like there's a part where you go up to feed them right and like their elephants that you're used to getting fed every day and they also a lot of them were in movies and stuff it's like a sanctuary where like old animals that were in originally it was a sanctuary where old animals from hollywood would end up Mm. like uh, it started with like a lion that was like the basis of mufasa and Mm -hmm. like he's been in a ton of movies but um it's now becoming the monterey zoo do you know what i'm talking about uh sarah you know i've heard of it i vision quest yeah uh, it's mm-hmm. it's i think it's changed a couple of names but yeah i know yeah it's it's now becoming the monterey zoo but it's yeah. like a bed and breakfast it's a safari bed and breakfast um so we stayed like in a tent where you could like hear the elephants all night and stuff it was really fun but um in the morning you go up and they like call him over his name's butch and, and like there's a couple Aww. of different elephants but butch is the biggest so he like booty bumps everyone out of his way to get his morning <laughs> treats he literally <laughs> booty bumps everybody out of his way uh, <laughs> So he comes up and there's this moment where as many times I've seen an elephant, like seeing an elephant coming up to me, looking at me, suddenly I did have like about 10 seconds of being kind of scared. There's something about like his eyes looking into my eyes and realizing just how fucking big he was, was mm-hmm. kind of crazy. But then it was fine. And then he was very aggressive. You could put carrots in his little trunk, mm-hmm. but if you only gave him one, he would, he wanted, he was like, I'm not going to like take my trunk all the way back to my mouth for one fucking carrot right. on delay so he would like tap my boobs to like be like more more until until i put enough in then he was satisfied and he would take them back up but it was really fun it oh, was really really cool so that's what i have been up to mm. yeah. i didn't get to go but um a couple of years ago i went to nairobi with work and i went to the um national park and uh you know saw these like like a safari thing and all these animals and i went to a giraffe sanctuary but apparently there's an elephant orphanage there where you can like sponsor elephants and you know the tourists go around and they bring them out like they start from the oldest and they work their way down so they get cuter and cuter until they're little tiny baby elephants and i I think i I would have cried if i'd gone oh that's so cute take all my money yeah (laughs) all right let's start with you sarah what have you been watching i'm re-watching todd in the book of pure evil on shutter so So if you haven't seen that if if you liked uh deathgasm you really mm-hmm. have to see this because this is like I'd say a funnier version of Deathgasm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah, like Deathgasm meets Buffy. Oh man, yes. yeah. I've been wanting yeah. to watch it ever since you you guys have been recommending it. Um, I did notice it on Shudder. I haven't got around to it yet, but yeah, I really want to. No, you really should. Mm. Oh, the principal is the best. I love the principal. Oh God, so Atticus. Much. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need to go back and revisit it because it's been years since I first saw it. I just remember yeah. the, the like masturbating homunculus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch it, Jody. You're yeah, gonna fucking to. love it. I mean, Jason, Jason uses the janitor that that yes. advises them, so that should tell you where this is going. Yeah. Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. It's really good. Is aren't is. Isn't there, aren't they going to make a movie or something? Uh, they actually released on Blu-ray the cartoon finale. Oh. I know that they were looking at at reviving the show or or uh, doing like a full length movie. I wish they uh, the, would. The whole, the whole cast was on board with it, but I don't know whatever happened to it. Well, fingers crossed. They'll get out. They'll bust out his terrible wig and give us one more one more finale. <laughs> 
Awesome. Yeah. All right, Jode, what have you been watching? Um, yeah, I got a couple things. Um, so I watched this movie called The Evil Within. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to remember if it was one of you guys that recommended it. I can't remember. Oh, the one seen... with uh, Michael Michael Berryman? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, I recommended that. Okay, cool. Um, I had mixed feelings on it. It was it was pretty cool. It was pretty creepy. And it felt pretty... I mean, um, I was looking into the kind of story behind how it was made. And mm-hmm. um, the director died a couple of years before it was finished. And he worked on it for like 15 years or something. And it was uh, kind of semi-autobiographical, I guess, about uh, nightmares that he used to have when he was little. Um... And I don't know too much about the director, but in the movie, the main character has learning difficulties and he kind of speaks to himself in the mirror. I don't want to give away too much if you haven't seen it, Rachel. I don't want to ruin it, but it it just felt a little insensitive and a bit kind of like we've talked about movies where characters have a disability or something and how Mm -hmm. um, they're not defined in that way. But in this movie, it felt like he was absolutely defined by that. And I think that would probably be okay if, if that's how the director identified and thought he wanted to explore that and make a movie about it. But if he didn't, I didn't feel like it was... A very sensitively handled subject. Mm. Um, I don't know if you had the same feelings there or what. I mean, I mean, be, like, it, it was pretty good. Like, it was really creepy. And if I didn't, um, if it didn't have that kind of subject matter, I'd be highly recommending it because it had really cool practical effects and it was just super, yeah. it felt really original. You know but... what? That that didn't bother me too much because I've seen that actor play a role very similar to that before. Okay. Um. So that like that didn't, that didn't bother me too much. Mm. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I was reading too much into it, but because the whole thing is, um, he's trying to uh, his reflections trying to convince him to kill people to kind of cure himself and make him smart. And I was just thinking, Oy, I don't, oh, I don't really, I don't really like that. But maybe that was, maybe that was always deliberate. Maybe the director wanted to really explore that because it's something that he suffered with. I, I don't know. I, I don't know much about much about. Yeah, him. I don't. I don't know either. I know that, like mm. I said, they were nightmares from like when he was a kid and yeah. and when he was uh, using drugs. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So pretty interesting, but yeah, like if you do watch it, Rachel, I go go in with that in mind and see if that okay. kind of puts you off or not. Because otherwise, okay. like it was it was super scary. There's quite a lot of spidery bits as well, so be warned on that ah! level too, <laughs> which I I didn't expect and wasn't you know wasn't into that. But yeah, you know. Okay. That's a thumbs half up kind of thing. And I saw this other movie called The Circle, which I think I saw a little while ago, and I meant to bring it up when we did the Purge cast and just forgot because it kind of feels in keeping with that a little bit pretty low budget and it's kind of i don't know like if the purge and the and cube had a baby it would be a similar similar kind of movie have you guys Ooh. seen seen this basically all these people they wake up there's i think about 100 people they wake up and they're standing in this massive circle and one by one they're getting like picked off oh by something i have in the seen this i felt like it had some interesting ideas but it just I couldn't suspend my disbelief. It just took me right out of it because they work. They work out too many things really quickly without any kind of explanation. Because the whole right. thing is, and they're all getting zapped off by something on like this thing in the middle, and it zaps them, and they get dragged off into the, you know, into the unknown. And they don't know if it's aliens or the government or what. But um, somebody somebody works out. Oh, we're voting for who goes, and I'm, and and they don't really explain how they know. And like you know, and you're supposed to move your hand in a certain way that means you vote on who gets picked off next. And then they start kind of like. Oh, uh, to buy us some time. Why don't we zap off the old people first because they're going to die soon anyway? And hey, let's zap off that person who's been in prison because he's not making a contribution to our society. And you know, it, and you start to kind of debate who are like worthy members of society and who are not, which is it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I don't think it really worked in the end, but kind of right. a, like alongside those purge movies, I thought it's it's pretty pretty. I can see what they were going for. I saw it a long time ago, but I think I had the same thing where I was like, love the idea, don't love the execution. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah Have you seen the Belko experiment? No. 
I feel like if you liked Circle, the Belko experiment kind of deals in the same sort of ideas, okay. but I think is way better. Okay. It didn't get great reviews, but I really, I feel like it was underappreciated. I've seen it pop up on like, you know, maybe like underseen lists of... Agree. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. A friend of mine actually just rewatched it this weekend and was like, uh-huh. did you guys see this? And I was like, yes, that movie is dope. Right. So... If you like the circle, let me well check out Belco Experiment and tell me what you think. Okay. Cool. I think it's on my I think it's on my list that uh yeah. I'll I'll bump it up a few spaces because Yeah. Bump it up. Bump <laughs> it up. <laughs> cool. Next one, uh this was a really old mm-hmm. recommendation from El Goro's Thirty One Days of Halloween when I was trying to go back and listen to the episode, but it must have been so long ago it's not in his feed anymore. It's called Paper House and it's an old British film. And it feels like, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it feels like kind of like a rejected Nightmare on Elm Street sequel kind of idea. Yeah. Have you seen this? I have. Right. Did you like it? I did. I mean, it was not what I was expecting, but Mm. it's another one where I feel like I loved the idea of it a lot. And that, that took it kind of far, but I don't know that I, it's not something I would revisit. It felt like something that would be pretty cool to show to a, maybe not a young, young kid, but like, you know, you're kind of young teenage niece or nephew that you want to maybe get into horror yeah because it's kind of creepy it's not really super like i don't think there's anything violent or graphic um but it's pretty creepy and it's got like a weird kind of um because like the dad goes away to for work or because he's in in the army or something and then maybe he's the villain or or the 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 ghost or the demon in the story is kind of being portrayed as the dad so that's got a weird kind of creepy thing Uh but it's got really neat kind of like dreamlike sequences without being kind of lame um and the i don't know if you remember the very end it's set like in a beach town like the mm-hmm. the family go off and hold it to a beach town um and that's that was filmed uh, quite near where i grew up so that oh was, that's fun yeah that's cool. pretty cool yeah yeah so i was like oh yeah yeah that's cool and i thought i, I don't want to give away the end but i thought it was going to do something bold at the end and then it didn't i was like eh never mind right. but then you know it, maybe it is maybe aimed at a slightly younger audience there's like a lost art of the horror film for kids yeah yeah um it, it feels like it should be on those lists of you know return to oz and the watcher in the woods and the things that you'd maybe have a memory of watching when you were younger mm-hmm. and it, it just maybe slightly just falls short of that but uh it's it yeah I, I can see why al gore recommended it i thought i thought it was pretty good and the last one i want to mention was i saw the nun but maybe i won't go into it until we talk about um conjuring later no because i haven't because the only one i haven't seen is conjuring 2 now um <clears throat> which i think that's where the nun character comes from so there may be a few bits that i was mm-hmm. like yeah, this doesn't make any sense but having now read up on the synopsis of all the other movies yeah the nun really doesn't make a whole lot of sense either um <laughs> like, i felt like i was enjoying it while i was watching it um but okay. on, re- on reflection the story doesn't make any sense and mm. because it's a prequel i mean this is no spoiler because it's a prequel and you know that the character appears in the later movie there's nothing there's no tension or anything because you know they're going to defeat the nun at the end and then someone's actually going to be secretly possessed by the nun the whole time. And, you know, so, like, you're just watching it going, yep, 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 yep. Okay. Mm. Ooh, that made me jump. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think these movies are just carnival rides anyway, so give it a carnival ride rating. Is it a good one? Is it a bad one? I mean, in terms of pure jump scares constructed well, uh-huh pretty good okay yeah 
In, in terms of good. Co- in, in terms of coherent story and interesting characters, no. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the shade of yeah. it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Rewatching The Conjuring has kind of changed the way I view these movies, but I'm Bye. getting ahead of myself, so we'll get there. <laughs> okay. So overall, recommend or not recommend them? I mean, not really. I mean, unless you're a completist and you want to see all the Conjuring movies. Awesome. Well, I was chatting to somebody recently and they were going, oh yeah, so they're going to make uh, The Nun 2 and then Conjuring 3 and then that's it and they're going to stop. And I'm like, nah. No, they're not. No, they're absolutely not going <laughs> no. to. Are you kidding? Like, this we're going to making... get another Annabelle movie. We're supposed absolutely. to get a Crooked Man movie. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on yeah. now. These movies are making like 10 times their budget easily every single time. There's no way they're stopping any fucking time soon. Yeah, no. it's it's, it's going to be like Paranormal Activity where you're going to get ah. Paranormal Activity, Ghost Dimension, Tokyo exactly. Drift. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the conjuring in space. Yes, <laughs> conjuring in space back in time. Oh my god, conjuring, conjuring in the hood. hood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I haven't seen any after part three. Uh, um, part two, actually. I think part three is the best one. Is that the one where um they put stuff in the trailer deliberately that wasn't in the movie? Yes. Right. I, I'd like to see that one because I like that one is good. With you. Okay. Like basically, I feel like the odd number movies of that franchise are good. One, three, mm. and is it marked ones? Is not scary, but it's good. Okay. And it actually uh-huh. takes the franchise in an interesting direction, hmm. and then they completely ditch it for the final one, which is oh, yeah. fucking terrible. That's a shame. Mm. So. Like, all the cool setup they do. Did you see the marked ones, Sarah? Yeah. yeah. That one's good. I mean, it's not scary, yeah. but it's good. And, like, they're, like, setting up, like, a war between all these witches. and Like, it sounds awesome. And then they're like, nope, we're back in some upper middle class house. Yeah. And, mm. like, it's very, very <laughs> irritating. <laughs> Sorry. I have, apparently I have a lot of feelings about this. I didn't know I had. <laughs> This is why we do this. Okay, this is this is my therapy. Absolutely, I feel like you yeah. guys should be billing me. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be talking to Matilda and I'm just like, all right, well, give me my bill. Let me <laughs> put it on my tab. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, real quick, let me talk about what I've been watching, which is Mandy. Have you guys seen this yet? <laughs> no, not yet. No, we're going to have to cover this on the show at some point because I do really need to talk about this. But it's from uh, director Panos Cosmatos, who directed Beyond the Black Rainbow. Did either of you guys see that? Nope. Mm -mm. Okay. First half of the movie is just sort of like surreal love story. The movie feels like a giant fucking acid trip. And it's (laughs) beautiful. The second part, we're introduced to a cult that lives in the area that happens to spot Mandy walking down the street and decide the cult leader decides he has to have her. And then the final sequence is Nick Cage responding to what happens. Mm. And it is absolutely fucking bonkers. You know how like there's the big debate, like, is Nick Cage a good actor or a bad actor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we've yeah. settled the debate. It's not, yes, it's not that Nick Cage is too insane. It's that movies are too sane. (laughs) This is the movie that meets Nick Cage where he's at. He's perfectly cast. I think he's a a nutcase in real life, but I think right now, like, he's playing a parody of of himself in these movies because people are now writing for insane Nick Cage, where Hmm. before they were writing movies and Nick Cage was playing them insanely for a paycheck. I, I'm like 50% there with you. I don't feel like he can do anything B but, but be insane. Because the problem is, is when he goes for subtlety, he's still kind of insane. Mm-hmm. And 
this movie though there's parts of the movie where he has to be subtle but because the setting is so bizarre anything that would be read as unnatural feels stylistic and I really, really need my girls to see this so I can talk about specific things. So please, everyone see Mandy so we can talk about it as a people. I need a Mandy movement. Race up! Revol- revolution! Everyone needs to see this goddamn movie. I can't be alone on Mandy Island. All right, so let's dig into the review. For this episode, we're going to be reviewing the Con- Amityville Horror original, right? That's mm-hmm. what I watched. Okay. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Conjuring. Now, these are Jody picks. Jody, what made you decide to pick these ones? So, um, in the in the wake of um, the release of uh, Hereditary, one of the cinemas in Bristol did like a like a haunted house kind of season thing, and they were showing some old haunted house movies. And I didn't actually get to make it to any of them. Um, I, I wanted to go to every single one because they had the Babadook on and Under the Shadow, and oh, wow. you know, kind of like different takes on haunted houses. But mm. it made me think of um, The Conjuring. Um, in particular, because uh, I've I've been on record like many times on this cast saying how much I didn't like that movie, um, mm. and I thought, you know what, it's probably time that I gave it another chance because, it, like, quite a few people have said, oh, I see what you mean. Maybe it's pretty like derivative of other movies. Oh yeah. But on the whole, people tend to seem to really like it, um, including horror fans and you know people who aren't as into horror. So I thought, you know what, am I am I just being like a horror snob? <laughs> am I am I uh, <laughs> cutting off my nose to spite my face? Like maybe maybe there is something there that I'm missing or I'm being too judgmental. So I thought, you know what, it's time to give it another chance. And I wanted to pair it up with something. So I thought that maybe Conjuring One and Two might be a bit too similar. Um, so I thought Amity, you know, that there's some um, you know links there. Uh, you know, a lot of the source material is very similar. So uh, I thought that would be a good link. And the movies are made pretty far apart. So I thought that would be some good comparison. Mm-hmm. And it, it had been a while since I'd seen the original Amityville, so I thought, yeah, let's give it a go. Awesome. All right, well, who would like to synopsize the Amityville Horror? All right, I will. Amityville Horror uh, from 1979, directed by Stuart Rosenberg, starring James Brolin as George Lutz, Margot Kidder, Rod Steiger, Don Stroud, Murray Hamilton. <laughs> Clearly, I did this screenshot last night before I watched the movie. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who's important. I'm just going to grab them all. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so the movie starts with in the early morning hours of November 13, 1974, when uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. murders his entire family in their home in Amityville, New York. A year later, the house is pur- purchased by newlyweds George and Kathy Lutz, and, Kathy, and along with... Uh, Kathy's three kids, they move into the house, and weird shit starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Forcing yep. the family to flee in the middle of the night. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what did you think of the movie? How did it hold up for you? So, um, I'm assuming you both had seen this before. This isn't a new a new watch. No. Yeah, I saw it a couple of years times. Ago. But, mm-hmm. right. but honestly, I, I had a... Mandela effect moment going on. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah. What what, what do you remember differently? I could have swore that they had that they had the um the Warrens in the house in the movie. I kept waiting for the Warrens to show up too. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Is that in, like is that in I, one of the I, sequels or it must be, right? Hmm. Maybe maybe it's the the third sequel. That actually has like a DeFeo esque 
uh, family thing happened, but I don't know. This is the only one I've seen in the franchise, actually. Yeah, I don't know of of, of the twenty that there are in this in this series. Jesus, <laughs> it actually was longer than I remembered it being, and it felt a, the right. pacing felt a little it, it dragged. Mm. Yeah, I think I remember this movie more fondly than I actually kind of think about it. It was one of those like first I don't know. 15 or 20 movies that I'd seen as a horror fan like when I was young mm. um, so it kind of like I hadn't I hadn't seen any haunted house movies before so it really kind of um, it, it's got all the tropes right which you don't realize are tropes until you've seen a bunch because if you saw this now for the first time you'd be like oh well you know you can recognize all of the kind of cliches from all these haunted house movies um, mm -hmm. and I, I, I'm struggling to think how it really holds up and how much of it is nostalgia because it's one of the first horror movies that I saw and how much of it is I mean, because it, it is pretty dated. Uh, it's 1979 and it's set slightly earlier. And it's got, like, there's this weird bit where George picks up, um, what's her name, Amy, the little girl? And they're wearing, like, matching brown, like, flannel shirts. Yeah. It's like, ew, it's so 70s and brown. It's gross. For um, me, it was the moment we saw the cracked gold mirrors. I was like, oh, right. yeah, yeah. In the bedroom? I was like, yeah. oh. Yes! Those veined gold mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for all its datedness, I mean, because there are things in this movie that like just don't work for me. For me, haunted house movies only work if I can believe them, and right. I, I don't believe I don't believe in ghosts. But fuck me, if I'm ever spending a night in a supposed haunted house, no way, I'm not doing it because I'm never ever gonna fuck with anything like that. So what Even you're if... saying is you do believe in ghosts? <laughs> well, like I feel like I don't. I, I think I'm more afraid of people fucking with me than than. I, but like, if I can suspend my disbelief enough and get into a movie and get it get involved in the logic of its own universe then it gets me 100 percent. because if there was such thing as ghosts what can you do about it nothing you know and if your house is haunted well that's it <laughs> um so i'm watching it going okay I, I can get that you would you 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 could count the house as a character and it wants to keep the good out because the house is evil right so every time uh, the priest comes or a nun comes they have to go away sick because the house is repelling them but then i don't understand what other things that happen in the movie have to do with that like locking the babysitter in the closet that doesn't have that doesn't seem to have any bearing on the house's um you know uh, the, the house as a character like the house's agency and trapping the kid's hand in the window like it didn't that yeah those small parts just don't really make any sense other than creating a um you know shining-esque like if it's if it's honing in on george to make him to push him over the edge and stress him out to the point where he's going to kill his family, uh, like Ronnie DeFeo did. That's the only well, do you thing. Think I can it could be a case of the fact that there's just like so many various hauntings in the house that these mm -hmm. are multiple personalities in at work. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, because that's kind of what I came away from Conjuring. Getting ahead of myself okay. is that like, but sorry, go ahead. I'm, yeah, I'm cutting in, shutting no, up. No, that's okay. Um, but but despite all of that, there are some bits in this, in this movie that really really get to me and really just make my hair stand on edge. That bit in particular where um, they've got a friend who's like clairvoyant or something who comes around mm -hmm. and it, initially she's repelled by the house, like whoa, that's creeping me out. I can't go in there. And then she's all of a sudden really drawn to it. You know, that bit where she goes down into the basement and they knock through that window and then she starts speaking in the priest's voice. Whoa, that bit. That's one of my, like, slideshow moments, that one. When wow. she's yeah. staring right into the camera, shouting at how it's a portal to hell. Like, that really, really gets under my skin. All the fucking flies on the window. Whoop, no oh, thank the you. flies, dude. That's, that's yeah. 
rough. I felt up. bad for the actors because those are real flies all over They're their like fucking faces. Flies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, gross. And um, I, I'm not a religious person, but I feel like religious horror really kind of it really speaks to me. And I can't, I, I don't really know why, but there's something really um just really affecting about it. I don't know how you feel, Rachel, because you 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 have a a, a history with a religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, same. Then, yeah, like like it, the the bit where um. Father Delaney is like screaming in the church about give them strength of mind and body, and the church is like collapsing around him. That's proper mm-hmm. dramatic and proper effective. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I can't really because I don't really have any connection or any history. And I don't really know why that gets to me, but it's because I think it's the mythology we know. Mm. Whether you go to church or not, like our cultures are so imbued with mm. the that story. Mm-hmm. That spirituality is so dominant that even if you aren't going to church, you like learn it by osmosis. You right, know, sure. yeah. And like the, it, it's so accepted as like truth to so many people that mm. in our culture that like it it has a certain resonance to it, whether or not you prescribe to the belief system or not. I think mm. yeah. that would be my theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. What about you guys? Did, did this movie hold up for you? I'm actually kind of relieved that not everyone's like Gaga for this movie because I don't. I've never cared for it. Okay. You know, there's some movies that you watch them when you're younger and they just don't work. Mm-hmm. It's like, the, and sometimes you'll watch a movie as a kid and you love it and you watch it as an adult, it sucks. And the opposite can happen. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the one I always go to is Prince of Darkness, the Carpenter movie. I did not like that movie. For years and years, and but I and then one year it clicked, and now it's one of my favorite movies. Right, and so I was yeah. kind of like, well, maybe I went into this with an open mind because I knew, even though I didn't love it, like that maybe it was a movie that didn't work for me because of when I watched it. Okay, and I still don't love this movie, but I did. There are some things about it that I do like, and I think part of why I didn't like it when I first watched it is it was hyped to me as like being terrifying and then it wasn't Mm. it has a few sort of standout moments the one that you didn't mention is the eyes in the window that was the one that got to me because that's Mm -hmm. just that's something that Mm -hmm. always scares me Mm -hmm. is the idea of something looking in from the like when you're lit and they're in the dark right it's like in suspiria that's the scariest part to Mm -hmm. me it's like when the eyes are in the dark i've cut my own eyes in the window and been (laughs) oh no (laughs) that's scary (laughs) yeah that that always works for me but what i will say positive about this movie is i actually think that both james brolin and margot kidder are really excellent in this Mm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i actually especially brolin who is pretty fucking terrifying um but not necessarily in a possession kind of way but in like a domestic abuse kind of way oh yeah yeah and i kind of wish that the bruising thing that happens in conjuring was in this movie oh because yeah it would be like a more clear allegory i view this movie as like a as sort of metaphorical and talking about the way that domestic abusers often change after you get married or after you commit (laughs) and like that like the personality change that happens and when they get like you know you walk on eggshells anything can set them off Mm -hmm. like there's a moment where she's like hugging the friend before the wedding and he comes in and i was like oh here we go because it codes as i watch it as like a domestic abuse story and so that part of it all of the fear and tension for me did not come from the supernatural stuff it came from that and like the way that that just sort of triggers those that that kind of story in yeah. me that's really interesting because I, I i was watching it feeling like they had real good chemistry 
um, oh, yeah. between them yeah. and, and their relationship at first at least seems fun and playful and sexy and and then when he's chatting to the friend at the bar later about and he's like oh you took on this this woman with three kids and a mortgage and everything and and how those kind of pressures could get to someone and someone being you know this is my new husband and he's really fit and we you know we have great sex and then actually settling down and becoming domesticated mm -hmm. and maybe yeah like you say those other things kind of come out of the woodwork mm -hmm. no, that's interesting i hadn't picked up on that during during the Oof. movie yeah, that whole time. Like, when he hit her, I was like, there we go. Yeah. That's yeah. what this has been building to. Uh-huh. been building to the hit. Mm -hmm. And then also the way it just, like, never gets discussed. I was like, oh, god yeah. damn it. Yeah, and there's a bit where the friend uh, shouts at his girlfriend as well, like, um, oh, thank you for your cosmic views. Now do me a favor and shut up. And uh, <laughs> But that felt like, I don't know, normal. Well, I mean, it felt very like, of its time. And I know yeah, we're like, all, like... Uh, uncomfortably normal. Yeah. And the way she just kind of takes it. Yeah. Sarah... Am I alone? And every time Heart she was on screen, all I could think of was Desert Heart. No, no, no. That's, that's where not, that's not a from. that's not a formative that's not a formative lesbian film for you, like it is for me. Uh, no What's personal best. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Well, but yeah, we... she's great in this, and it kind of I'm like, dang, why didn't she do more stuff? Yeah. Also, Margot Kiddo made Mar Margot Kidder, Margot Margot Kidder. Thank you. Yeah made me sad because she's so great in this yeah. and yeah. so cute and it's just like mental health the little pigtails rough. Mm, yeah what was what was yeah. the deal with her like with in the like catholic school girl uniform and the pigtails and so i was like okay it's a little creepy mm. Mm. yeah i wasn't sure about her like weird like ballet sock thing that she's got on just the one leg yeah but maybe mm. but she's supposed to have a catholic background right so maybe that's just coded that way yeah, maybe. I don't really know either. But I mean, yeah, if, if we're talk if we're talking, um, you know, sexual awakenings, I mean, James fucking Brolin Oof. and that hair. Well, early hair. <laughs> yeah. Later yeah, yeah, on, yeah, when yeah. it starts to get a little like no, curly when it's all and fluffy, and like yeah, yeah. That, fir that first bit where they open up the the doors of the boathouse thing, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just so weird how much he looks like Christian Bale to me. Oh no! Don't ruin! Uh, don't ruin Brolin. Okay, sorry. Bye. But if you put a beard on Christian Bale, oh. it wouldn't be so bad. Well, I mean, that's, what, that, that's the takeaway. Everything's better with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> so they they touch on it when they're looking around the house uh, with the with the estate agent at the start, and um, and they go, "Oh, we just got married." And then she goes, "Oh, well, if you're thinking about starting a family, it's got this many bedrooms." And they go, "Oh, no, no, we've already got a family." And and she goes, "Oh, but I thought," and then they kind of like they they mention it obviously a few times that that George is her second husband. Is What was the deal back then with divorce and, you know, step-parents? Was, was that supposed to be, like, it, a big deal? Or... It's kind of interesting yeah, that she's kind of. divorced and Catholic, because, right. like, that yeah. would be a big deal, right? Yeah. Well, well, is she divorced, or was it the husband? I don't think, we, we, we don't know anything about Because I, I don't think they ever, uh, they ever say. I took it as he was making a joke and kind of implying that the kids were out of wedlock. Yeah, I think he was. Oh. Or, or at least that's how the, how the uh, realtor took it. Mm. Which would have been really frowned upon, right? But okay. but obviously she. I mean, like, I mean, is that what she's alluding to when she's talking to the priest with that guy from No Country for Old Men? Hair about <laughs> yeah, totally getting an answer. She go bite off him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when she's she talking to him about, about like he got her through like a really hard time. Oh, so do you think maybe she's widowed rather than divorced? Or maybe, maybe, or maybe she's divorced. I mean, I would guess she must be widowed because the priest probably wouldn't help her through her divorce post-divorce mm. drama. Interesting. Are there thoughts about this? Or are we ready to move on to the conjuring? As I said, this movie is half dated and doesn't work, and half really fucking works. Yeah, Margot Kidder yeah. said she uh, she never understood why people thought the movie was scary to her. She thought it was really funny. 
because of, mm. you know, and especially because of some of the acting stuff that they had to do. Mm. And she said that mm. she was surprised how well her and James Brolin came out, came out on screen because they had a really hard time working together because she's very like, she'll like glance at the, at the script and then like, you know, just go with like the motion of the scene. So she'll like improvise where he's like, he memorizes the script and exactly where he stands. And if they mm. have to redo a shot, he does the shot the exact same way mm-hmm. every single time where, yeah. you know, she's way more impulsive. So like as soon as they yell cut, she'd start like chatting and he would just turn around and walk away and go and like memorize his lines. Well, and that's surprising because they do, they do pop on screen for sure. Mm. Yeah. And she was saying that Roy Steiger, Rod, Rod Steiger. Yeah. There's so many like <laughs> similar sounding Rob Schneider. Yeah, she. Yeah. <laughs> that would be an entirely different yeah. movie. Yeah, Roy Scheider. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so Rod Rod Steiger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she was so excited to meet him because he, even then, he was you know a name, and you know she wanted to talk to him about all the stuff, and all he did was bitch the entire time because at that time nobody ever Americans didn't go there, right? And he just spent the entire time bitching about how like arrogant russian actors are and how they think they're better than americans that's a bummer hmm. in an alternate universe josh brolin would have been a, a really great jack torrance just saying mm. yeah. yeah i don't know if that's well, important but <laughs> well i want to know when this this came out before the shining so um, like he, uh, i, I was mean like, the movie came out before but when did, when when was the book written of the shining the book was written like right after the lutz's was published in 77 the incident took place in 75 and the movie is 79. Oh, okay. So The Shining yeah. book came out in 77 and the movie came out in 1980. Would it make sense that the Amityville movie was influenced by the book of The Shining? Mm, maybe. I don't, I don't or, know. I haven't or, read or, the books. So. Or maybe the movie of The Shining is influenced by this? Because there's definite similarities. Yeah, and you can see a lot of poltergeist influences here too. Yeah. Or this influencing poltergeist. Yeah, sure. I feel like there's some exorcist kind of echoes in here as well. Although mm-hmm. in The Exorcist it feels like you know the church is going in like soldiers to try and to try and save this girl. Although I was comparing in my mind the um, so the scene with Father Father Delaney going blind in the church, and he's he's praying really you know dramatically, versus the bit in um, the Exorcist where Father Karras is giving a sermon and he's like he's not even that like he's just going through the motions and just like uh, eat this for this is my body and uh, and it like because he's completely lost his faith and comparing those two, versus it flips then when Father Delaney's just given up completely. And going, well, I tried ringing them and the phone didn't work. So, like, you know, no one is going <laughs> to help me to help this family versus, you know, Father Karras and um, uh, Father Merrin just like storming in there and like, no, we are going to kick the shit out of this demon. Because that feels like more of a, you know, story of good and evil, whereas Amityville just feels like something rotting away at this house and nothing being able to penetrate it. Mm-hmm. Right. Rather than somebody actually fighting it like a you know going into battle with evil right like i mean i guess ultimately the in the end amityville too like nothing they're like okay that's evil bye like there isn't actually like a final battle of good versus evil in this movie it's good runs away from evil yeah Yeah. like Mm. do do they do anything because they um obviously this is based on the um the defeo murders case i don't know if they actually name it though if they in the movie whether they say that name or not no, but no they um, just like they they talk about him and the son but they don't ever actually say defeo in the movie right yeah because um, i think in the bar he the the bartender says wow you look just like him but he doesn't yeah. say his name yeah no that's right yeah do you know if they do anything in in the sequels about the mythology if they go back to the murder cases or um part three 
has like a family that's kind of based on the DeFeos living in the house. Yeah. Sort of the same thing happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that one that one's actually a little bit harder to find because of that because the the public was not very happy about seeing the family portrayed like that. Oh, I see. Mm. All right, well, let's talk about the Conjuring. What do you sure. think? Are we ready? Ready. All right. So who's got that synopsis? Uh, that's me. All right. So, Conjuring from 2013, directed by James Wan, starring Vera Farmiga, Patrick Wilson, Lily Taylor, and Ron Livingston. The Perrin family, mum, dad, and five daughters move into their new house in Rhode Island in 1971. They find an old dusty cellar that had been boarded up and promptly start to experience supernatural occurrences. As these escalate, the mother, Carolyn, contacts demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren, who agree to help investigate the haunting. The Warrens, with their small team, unearth secrets of the house involving an ancient curse and must do what they can to protect the family. So, you said that you picked this movie because you wanted to know if you were just being a snob or if this actually has <laughs> got some fun to it. Uh, what did you think this time through? Uh, I hate to say it, but I was right the first time. All right. I really wanted <laughs> to see something that I didn't see before. I mean, I've, I've always maintained that like, this film has effective scares. This movie makes me jump, you know, hundreds of times. Uh, and, and those are effective. Um, but th- that's all they are. They're just, there's, I don't feel like there's any tension. I don't feel like any of these characters have any chemistry. And I don't really know what it is because I feel like James Wan is, is, is a literate filmmaker. A, a, a literate, not illiterate <laughs> i feel like he's, he's like he's a horror literate filmmaker and mm-hmm. i feel like it's a slow burn and i like a slow burn it's got it's got jumps that are earned and it's got cool tracking shots that i i love it when you see um you see lorraine warren like run down the hallway and then the camera flips upside down and it starts up yeah. upside down, mm-hmm. it flips back when she works you know all of that stuff is is great i'm just i just feel like i'm watching it going i've seen all of this before mm. and uh <laughs> the word one means pale and weak um oh, <laughs> <boo>! <laughs> I feel like that's, that's unfair i'm sure he's a lovely man but, like, I, I always get taken out of a movie if it says based on the true story because i go eh, okay some people moved into a house once and that's probably where the similarities end but the kind of scrolling text at the start of this movie i like like it felt pretty old school you know it felt like an old 70s movie when you see the kind of the credits kind of like creep up the screen and disappear off the screen but the the opening kind of text says that this was a case that was so malevolent that the Warrens kept it locked away until now. And like that has instantly taken me out of the movie because if, if all of this was real and they were real paranormal investigators and they had one scary case that was so scary, that would be the one they talked about all the fucking time. That's not one that they're going to lock up because they keep talking about, oh, people think we're wackos and people are always very sceptical about our stories and they don't believe our stories. Well, tell everybody this one then, if it was the most malevolent demon you'd, you'd ever face why lock it away so instantly i'm like nope not not i'm not in this i'm not in the story can't fair enough how about you sarah how did this movie stack up for you well i enjoy it i mean i've seen it a few times because it was on hbo for about six months and every time i changed turn over the channel this was on i mean like i said i i i enjoy it it's, it's got its moments but i don't think it's going to be a genre classic I feel like it kind of already is a genre. Like people really yeah. like it, though, mm-hmm. and I don't know what yeah. I'm missing, other than well, just a personal taste. But which, you know, is fine. But probably part of it is that you're going into this movie the way that you probably would have made you probably not like Amityville. Mm. You know what I mean? Like now you're a seasoned horror watcher. So like if you watch this at the same stage you were when you saw Amityville, you'd be mm. like, "This movie's fucking terrifying." Yeah, maybe. But do you think I'm being unfair? Like I, f- I feel like I am. I mean, <laughs> but- I don't. Uh, 
totally agree, but I I think that you have a valid reason for feeling the way that you feel. Mm. I mean, a lot of this is opinion. Like, and the thing mm. with horror is is kind of like comedy. Is like, does it work for you? Sure. Um, and it's extremely personal the way you engage with it. You know, like dramas, you could be like, yeah, that was a sad thing, or mm. I don't know that it's it has like a something is specifically trying to evoke. Like, it's more of a story being told, right? Mm. It's either told mm. well or it isn't. Whereas this has added layers of like it's much more interactive you know like and if it doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you and that's Mm. totally fine i mean i personally came away from this liking this more than when i originally saw it okay i think because my issue with this movie is the final act after you've seen the exorcist there is no other demon possession that is scary really i don't think except for maybe the end of a uh oh deborah deborah logan that one is scary yeah but it's totally different. It's something you've never seen before. Mm. So this feels very like by the beats, demon possession. So mm-hmm. that left a bad taste in my mouth. And so I kind of was like, eh, the conjuring. But going back and revisiting it and knowing where it's headed and not like hoping for some like amazing ending allowed me to kind of enjoy it for what it was. And what I've decided is, is that it's a B movie that is elevated by like having A performers. Mm. So, like, Lily Taylor is, like, she's just a great actress. So, like, whatever, even when she's in a bad movie, she's the best part of the bad movie. Oh, yeah. And so she's good in this. And then I also think, I mean, I really, really love Vera Farmiga. And I think she's perfectly cast as Lorraine Warren. Mm -hmm. Because to me, she's one of those people that, like, simultaneously uh, conveys fragility and strength. And Mm -hmm. I think for this character, especially with this whole, like, backstory of, like, her having exorcism go awry is perfect for that role. So I, and I'm, and I also am not a Patrick Wilson hater. So, like, I'm kind of (laughs) here for that love story. And, you know, like, I, I, I like the idea that, like, a a lot of these movies tend to be stories about like men dismissing women's supernatural experiences as hysteria mm. and he's the total opposite of that he believes her he supports her and even though he's scared for her and tries to protect her when she says like no they're a team in a way that that kind of shit just doesn't fly and i i like that and i when I was watching this at first and I realized it was one guy and five women in mm-hmm. the house, I was like, oh, here we go. Right. But um, the movie doesn't really go there, which is good, but mm-hmm. it had me thinking about that. So when I started paying attention to the dynamic of the the Warren's relationship, it kind of made me appreciate it. But if you don't like Patrick Wilson, maybe that yeah. just doesn't, you don't, that that is not your experience with that. And that's totally fine. I'm into his lip. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I, mean, I like I, looking at him. I but... agree with you that um, that yeah, Lily Taylor and Vera Farmiga like elevate this movie above a level that yeah. I feel like it would have been otherwise. I just think the dads are just so beige. I don't really give like I, yeah. I think, Ron I don't... Livingston is bleh, whatever. Grand. and I feel yeah, like I feel like Ron. it would have been stronger if uh, if it was just Carolyn and the girls, and then this if, is their story. Yeah, for sure. And then if just Lorraine comes in, and then they have this kind of like motherly dynamic together, because that that scene where um. Lorraine sees the picture of them on the beach and she Uh has kind of Carolyn's flashback of the day on the beach that I thought was one of the most powerful moments in the movie I just don't think anything else in the movie was doing that because it was just the dads looking at each other and giving a little nod like yep yep your your dad saved my dad and I just didn't I just don't think they brought anything to the story. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just, I don't think this is a great movie in terms of, like, it, the narrative is not great. The story is not especially original. I mean, this movie is basically an Amityville remake. I mean, to the down to the, the backstory of it having to do with the Salem Witch Dials. Yeah, yeah. But if you approach it as, like, a fun house, I think this movie is great. 
Like, I think you said Juan is very horror literate. And I think the way that he, this is a masterclass in sort of constructing scary vignettes. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. the way that he uses the camera, like, you talked about the tracking shots. I actually kind of was focused on the way that he uses the camera to become a character and, like, how intrusive it becomes. Mm -hmm. Particularly when the girls are, like, sleeping and it's handing up their bodies. And you feel like what you are, you're, like, embodying, like, something in the room. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you forget the camera is there, whereas he uses, he, like, weaponizes that camera and, like, really Mm -hmm. makes you, like, it enhances the vulnerability of the sleeping girls in a way that is, is cool. Also, the way that he is not afraid to create tension by expanding the time. Like, he, he draws draws it out in a way that makes the scares more effective when Bathsheba's on top of the wardrobe or um, you know like there are a handful of these moments where as a horror fan I know what's coming but it is executed in a way that it still works granted the story doesn't make sense it's all over the place we have like Annabelle at the beginning for some reason we have the stuff with her daughter like across town with Annabelle in the rocking chair and none of that shit makes sense like in terms of the story but the scares themselves are effective and I feel like is this a masterpiece? No. Is this a, a very effectively scary movie? Yeah, sure. And I, I so I, I ended up ultimately liking it, even though I, I've seen all of these things, but it's executed well. The, mm-hmm. When she comes in the house and we see that the, the, the black forms have like attached themselves to the family, that gave me goosebumps, even though I've, I know that concept. Like it was in Insidious, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But it, like it's done in a way that I thought was kind of masterfully done. They're creepy moments. If we're looking at it as a film, it has problems. If we're looking at it as a series of scares, mm-hmm. I think it does a really good job. Mm. So Yeah, yeah it does that's... work. I mean, this, this, this could be, you know, 15 short films. Yeah, that, that that would work really well. That bit where um the two girls are in the bedroom and one of them sees something behind the door, Oof. like that could have been really overblown. But you you never see what she says she sees, right? And, she, and she's going to the sister. No, he's right there. He's behind you. He's right behind the door. And then she just goes up and waves in the dark, like there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And it's 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 chilling because you don't yeah. they they could have really like amped that up and then it cuts back and you see a thing behind her, you know. But so the, the it's, performance it's of those kids enough. are good. Yeah, and they're all really likable. Especially if you yeah. compare them to the kids in Amityville. They don't necessarily enhance any of the scares. Like, it mm-hmm. really is the parents only. They just happen to kind of be there. Yeah. Um, whereas I think these kids really do add something to it. Yeah. yeah. But you're it's right, great. it is restraint. That's a good way of describing mm. it. How much currency does a series of scares have? Want a, like a really good story or do you just want to be scared? I mean, I'd, ra- I'd, I'd rather not have one at the expense of the other, I guess. But I'd, I'd rather have some scares than none. You know, and, and this could have... Um, could have really just been super wet mm-hmm. but i think it i think my main problem is that it reminds me of other movies i'd rather be watching either movies that oh, have yeah. been done already or ones that haven't like um when they're explaining the backstory of uh bathsheba mm-hmm. of uh, this witch who sacrificed her baby and i think i want to fucking see that movie that sounds tits i want to see that and <laughs> yeah and when they go into the um uh the warren's uh like museum thing of all the artifacts that they found and i'm kind of looking and i'm like are there clues here because then you see the little toy monkey thing and i'm like oh oh is that from like is that from monkey shines and oh what's the samurai armor is that from something like i'm trying to look for like little easter eggs in the background mm-hmm. i don't know if you there's guys a think. creepy nun in there oh yeah yeah cool <laughs> well, when she goes through the back of the um the wardrobe and there's like a whole you know crawl space and i'm like Tell the tell that story about some something living in there. That's fucking scary. There's all this space and they and they don't. As I've said, like this this only works for me if I believe it. And there's just some things I just couldn't like. Um, 
very early on, um, they uh, um, the Warrens are talking to another couple about, and they're going, oh, so our house isn't haunted? It's just pipes? Oh, that's a shame. And they go, yeah, you know, 90% of the time it's not actually haunted. There's a there's an explanation for it. And then instantly they go to the parent house and they go, oh, bad smell, demons. Demons, it's got to be demons. That's the only explanation for this. And, well, um, I mean, she see- right away she sees the, the, the evil form behind them. Yeah, but she hasn't had that conversation with... Uh, with Ed yet, but although maybe he like he probably knows her so well that he's he's like ah okay she can she can feel something. But then there's the bit where the, um one of the you know nineteen daughters that they have uh runs off and they go oh where did she go where did she go and they run into the room oh there's there's no possible way to find out where she went quick get the UV light so we can see her footprints on the floor or just look in the one wardrobe that's in the room because that's probably where she's hiding like just just li- little things I'm just like no like just kind of crowbarring in these excuses to use these devices from these other you know, like the poltergeist investigation tools but i don't know <laughs> like like I, I really wanted to like it maybe i didn't put myself in the right frame of mind to really like the movie that's fair i mean it's not for everyone that's okay yeah. it's okay to not like things i feel curmudgeonly i feel like a grump like i want to like stuff and i think it's better when people like stuff yeah yeah but sometimes you just don't, and that's okay too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like me with the Amityville. I'm sure there are people out there that are like, Rachel's a dumbass. This is the greatest film <laughs> ever made. And that's okay. I am a dumbass sometimes, <laughs> but I still don't like it. <laughs> Do you think there's a similar kind of sexism in this movie in that, like, the backstory is, you know, witches sacrificing their, their children, yeah, for Satan, and, and they talk about, oh, the demon will latch on to whatever's, um, whoever's the most vulnerable, and in this case, it's the mother again who, who it perceives as the most Do you think... That's a common thread. Well, I think, think it just... maybe preys on a mother's love, right? Like the things that we love most make us most vulnerable. And I guess that's what defeats it in the end as well, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's actually an interesting question. I got to think about that. Is is there some inherent sexism in this? Like, I mean, so much of our life is like inherent sex- sexism that it's like background noise that it's sometimes harder to like identify. Mm. Oh, I liked the credits. You guys, what did you guys think of the credits? I don't know if I watched them. I think I turned it off in a in a rage. <laughs> well, what, what, oh, the credits are great because oh. it's like actual pictures of the family with like the names over them. Oh no, I did see that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was really cool because mm-hmm. the other thing is, is that opening thing that you hated. I kind of love <laughs> <laughs> where they introduce it as a true story. Because I, I mean, I guess I I understand what they're doing, and I'm willing to go along with the conceit. You know what I mean? And I, I think feel, maybe that's I, the difference. I need to do the opposite. I, I need to see the real. Stuff at the end uh, rather than at the start because if you tell me based on the true story my, my skepticism kicks in and I go oh. eh, I bet they've changed that. but if you show me at the end like um, I just watched um, I, Tonya the other night and then uh-huh. like you, you don't see anything real until the very end and then you see clips of her doing the you know triple axel and stuff but um, you knew that was a true story right yeah yeah, yeah I knew it was a true story <laughs> okay. but I didn't, no no I knew it was a true story but I didn't I didn't know I mean really you're young about... maybe you don't know I don't know <laughs> I mean I was maybe 10 when... like I don't remember anything about it happening I knew it was true and I, but I didn't know exactly what had happened and I didn't know what what they all looked like so when you mm-hmm. see the end and you go oh right gosh yes Alison Janney really does look like her mother and um mm-hmm. and you know like um Band of Brothers, when like obviously that's all that's all real, but you don't know that it's actually about real characters. And then at the end, they go, "Oh, so and so, you know, did this, and so and so died at this." And you go, "Oh my god, I've just seen their whole lives, and now I know what's happened to them." Like, show me at the end that it was real, and I go, oh. "Show me at the start, and I'll go, eh." I bet you've changed a bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you're so funny. All right, fair enough. So, Conjuring, would you recommend? Okay, let's do a recommendation round for all of these. Uh, Amityville, recommend or not recommend? Hmm. 
think the the standout moments in Amityville are better than they are in the remake, but um, the the remake speaks to a, a modern audience better, I guess, in terms of its pacing. Yeah. If you're a completist and you want to be like a horse knob, you need to see this. But I will probably <laughs> never watch it again. I feel right. like I've done my time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like probably with you with The Conjuring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you if you have rec- um, reservations about it being dated, I think maybe maybe you could skip it. If you're a horror fan, I mean, this is uh, forty years old now. You got it. Like it's it, it's a classic for you know for a reason. All right. How about The Conjuring? I think I would recommend it to people who hadn't seen that much horror and then i go if they liked it i go right now sit down and watch this instead (laughs) i mean fair enough i recommend i blanket mm -hmm. recommend it's fun it's it's not like it's not the it's not great but it's solidly good it's fun Mm -hmm. i mean i'm here for the vera farmiga of it all always Mm, i will watch garbage with her in it because i love her (laughs) oh my god have you ever watched bates motel she's so good All right, cool. So that was fun. I'm glad we got to do these. Hmm. Cool. Definitely... I'm, I'm glad you found it positive overall, even if you didn't really like Amateur. Like I that. did. I actually did. It was like, it was an interesting night to watch these back to back. I watched the first just like few minutes of Conjuring 2. I didn't get time to watch it all, but then they, it takes place, I don't know, like, a few weeks or something after the events of Amateurville, and they're in the house, like doing a kind of like wash up session in the house. And that's quite cool, because you, you see those iconic windows and everything, and and then I guess it leads into the events that are going to be conjuring to which I think. Well, they do mention the the Amityville thing at the end of of. Yeah, conjuring. that's right. Because don't they say just as they're leaving? Oh, I got a call from Long Island. I guess we'll go there. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe they'll do like another Amityville remake. And I, I don't know if that's going to be the basis for Conjuring Three, maybe or something. Or I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be something different. Well, because I was looking through um, the kind of list of uh, like cases, like famous cases uh, by the Warrens. And one of them, I, I, so I guess Conjuring 2 is based on um, the Enfield, Enfield haunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I remember reading about that when I was younger and seeing, so have you seen those pictures of, pictures of the girls being thrown around their bedroom? Uh, yeah. And they're just clearly bouncing off the bed. And I remember thinking, what? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's one of a girl who's supposed to be levitating and the, the guy's like holding her leg. And I'm like, well, she's clearly crouching on a box. You can see it in the background there. Um, and that, I don't know, maybe that was what cemented me as a skeptic early on before I'd really been given a chance to think Aww. about whether I believed in all of this or not. All right, so this week we got a letter. We got some listener mail. We got a feedback, didn't we? Yes, we yeah. got a, a from a new listener named Rayanne. Mm-hmm. And this one's kind of fun because Rayanne is a self-professed newbie fan. Right. And I, I at first I thought that meant she was just new to the podcast. But it turns out she's actually pretty new horror, I think. Right. So. Um, oh, I'm going to read through this. She hasn't already. <laughs> right. All right. So here's what Rayanne, our newbie fan girl, <laughs> says. Uh, I recently discovered your podcast, and I've been listening to the early episodes. Sorry. From nine years ago. Sorry. <laughs> I'm enjoying it immensely. I find that hard to believe. And it's helping me catch up on the many hours of horror I missed while, uh, when I was a non-horror fan for far too long. I won't make that mistake again, though it's nice that I have so much yet to watch. You know what? That's a good point. If you're just now getting into horror, you have so much to watch. Mm -hmm. You should watch The Conjuring. Well, let's see if she did. She listed a bunch of things she likes. Okay. Anyway, I'm wondering what's out there I might not know about that I totally better see as an emerging horror screenwriter. 
Ooh. So, like, wow, she just went straight from non-fan to screenwriter. Yeah. I'm here for it. Okay, so here she said, I've seen all of the trimmers, gremlins, critters. Oh, my God, I'm kind of in love with this list so far. Final Destination, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Chucky, Psycho, and Bates Motel. So she's, like, deep in the farm right. with me. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead, up to Ash versus Evil Dead, but not Drag Me to Hell yet. Well, I would definitely Ooh, say watch, watch Drag that. Me to Hell. Watch that. That next. should be right up at the top of the list. Jaws, Terminator, Resident Evil, Insidious, and the new It, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Agree. Good go. Actually, it, uh, the It miniseries was one of my first horror experiences. Oh. Same girl. Yeah, same. same. I already know I'm behind on the rest of Hitchcock. Good thing that Jody or uh, Ariel's not on the show this week. <laughs> John Carpenter, which is on my radar thanks to you ladies. Oh, okay. Which John Carpenter should she start with you think i mean i i I love the thing yeah i mean yeah i I mean i would say do the entire what is it like the apocalypse trilogy the thing mouth of madness and prince of darkness oh yeah i mean that's just good watching Mm. especially if you like lovecraft Mm, so good so good okay texas chainsaw massacre ginger dead band i love that she is like (laughs) all over the place in the genre (laughs) The bulk of Nightmare on Elm Street. All right, you got me beat. Yeah. <laughs> Friday the 13th, Halloween, and Hellraiser films. She's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. But I'm wondering if there are any other important ones that I'm that are must-sees. I'm not a fan of the Saw of Saw either, nor did I enjoy the Babadook. Uh-oh. <gasps> um, I would say if you have not seen Return of the Living Dead, chop-chop. Mm. Yep. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she talks about people she's attracted to. None of them have beards, so I'm ah, sure you're not interested in fun. that. That's <laughs> She said, I expect I'll write back once I've been through year two, and maybe I'll start listening to the most recent ones, or I'll never catch up on your podcast. Yours is one of the few I listen to, and it's all both fun and informative. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you, Rayanne. What a fun letter. All right, so let's each give her, like, two must-see recommendations. Well, I was going to say, if she hasn't um, listened to any of the newer ones yet, she maybe hasn't reached the ZGBG yet. Maybe she should uh, oh. go to those and, and start from the top and work her way down. But, I mean, in terms of naming some movies, I mean, uh, was The Exorcist in that list? It was not. Okay. Like, I'd, so, I'd say that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one of my favorites, that. And, um, I don't know, Blair Witch Project gets me. So <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to give her some lady horror to watch. So I would say definitely watch Jennifer's Body. Mm-hmm. Do not let the haters dissuade you. It's fucking dope. And I didn't see ginger snaps in here, but I would say ginger snaps would be really good mm. to get some. I don't see any werewolf stuff, and that's the best werewolf movie. So, in my opinion, oh, so American Werewolf in London. American Werewolf has a great transformation scene, but like, <gasps> oh, did we just break up? <laughs> um, that's okay. Finish your thought, Rachel. Like, you're allowed to disagree. <laughs> I but to me pound for pound I prefer ginger snaps wow. I think it the best transformation scene in all of history aside from wolf cop's penis is definitely <laughs> American Werewolf in Paris but like uh, that movie the story in London oh my god not Paris oh my god <laughs> mistakes were made <laughs> mistakes were made editing <laughs> happened yeah I was like what <laughs> No, I no. You're right. You're right. Oh my God, my belly is exposed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying I prefer Ginger Snaps. Are we That's still fine. friends? Valid. Okay. Valid. Fine. <laughs> oh my God. Are you still gonna Netflix and Chili with me? Like, what's happening? 100 oh, percent, Rachel. Yeah, and we'll watch American Werewolf. 
<laughs> maybe you know what maybe here's the thing maybe i need to revisit it as an adult i saw it as a kid and it was like i don't know that i was ready for it maybe i mean maybe it's the britishness of it like the scene in the pub has all of those like british actors from all those british films like it's got the guy from um alien 3 you know the guy remember control here the fact you know that guy from um alien 3 yeah he, he he's he's the one in the pub telling the joke and uh hmm. yeah oh yeah. As you're telling me this, I'm realizing I don't remember this movie yeah, at Rick all. Yeah, Rick Mayle, a very young Rick Mayle. Like, that, that was a hard celebrity death for me. I grew up watching him, so yeah, he's in there. Feeling so ashamed right now. Why am I feeling <laughs> so ashamed? No, don't, don't. There's only a certain amount of hours in each day. You can't watch everything all the time. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. This took a turn. <laughs> hey, this whole episode is about personal preferences and how you can like lots of things. Yes, that's true. So don't that's don't true. feel bad for not being into American Werewolf. Rand, thank you so much for your awesome email. Listeners out there, we love to hear from you. It's good to know we're not just screaming into the abyss. Although sometimes <laughs> the things that I say I really do hope are just into the <laughs> abyss. <laughs> when I go back and listen to them, I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you would like to send us some feedback, send us an email at rachel at zombiegirls.com. Or you can uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. Oh, we, our beloved Sarah is very good about getting back to people on there. So definitely come join us over there. Like the page. Smash up the like button, as the kids say, I think. Um, <laughs> and, and join us. And you can see all the, the creepy stuff that we say about beards uh, before yeah. lunch. All right. So then shall we dig into the ZGBGs? Mm, sure. So ZGBG is um, where we focus in on a little subgenre of movies or a little kind of uh, category that we want to talk about. And we pick usually three movies from that category um, to recommend. Uh, no hard and fast rules as to what you pick. It could be your favorites. It could be ones you think are overlooked or, you know, whatever. Um, so this time on ZGBG, uh, we're doing time travel movies. See, this is tricky because, like, I'm always afraid I'm going to spoil things. So, like, oh, I see. you know what I mean? Whereas some of them, like, winter horror, like, surprise, it takes place in the winter. <laughs> Whereas this, like, can be a plot giveaway. I hadn't thought of that. Hmm. So I'm trying to pick things that are, they're not as, um, it's tricky, 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 tricky. What should I do here? All right. Um, I'll start hmm. with one that is like, everybody knows it's time stuff, so it's not a big deal, okay. which is Happy Death Day. Have you seen this yet? Oh, yeah, I have. Sort of like Groundhog Day, if it were a slasher movie. Mm -hmm. I like that movie. It's quite good. It's not very violent. Like, it's total PG-13, but it's still a lot of fun. But yeah, so Happy Death Day. If you like time travel definitely mm -hmm. i don't know what to pick next um like i want to pick movies that are like actually my picks but then they would be spoilers so i'm gonna say for my second pick army of darkness okay Good because one. ash travels back to like medieval times that doesn't spoil anything it happens like immediately at the beginning of the movie and it's one of my all-time favorite movies and then my last one I mean, it's in the title, so I'm just going to go ahead. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's in the fucking title. So people, come on, use your critical thinking. It's a little <laughs> movie called Time Crime. And it is about this, they like wander upon some guy and he's like a masked killer. Um, oh, yeah. And it kind of 
recycles and you uh-huh. find out that there's a time aspect to what is happening and it's very creepy the mask killer is terrifying looking he's like walking around with a pair of big old scissors mm-hmm. uh so i would definitely check out time crimes and then i have some more additional ones right when we're after the spoilers uh, you've got me worried now <laughs> um, well i mean like you said there are no rules those are my rules sure okay fine <laughs> those are very sensitive rules rachel um, um, nothing so, if not very sensitive. Well, I um I struggled um for two reasons with this list because I I struggled to think of horror ones that are time travel related, and mm. also movies that have time aspects that maybe aren't time travel, but just have like a weird like like stuff's messing with time. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully these count. So my first one, I thought it would be a, an obvious one, um, is the Terminator. Oh, duh! Yes, I love the Terminator. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I know everybody loves Terminator yes. Two, and I, no, I love Terminator Two disagree. as well. But, but oh, okay, good because I'm finding more and more people who are thinking that Terminator One is superior. And I yeah, I no, love I love the first Terminator. Mm, I have a Tech Noir T-shirt. I wear it very proudly. Nice. Yeah, I mean, obviously Sarah Connor's more of a badass in the second one than in the first one, but that's true. You know, whatever. Like, like the first one's fucking scary. Excellent. Uh, ooh, see, this is now. I'm, I'm worried now, so maybe I can tell you, and you can tell me whether you think it's a spoiler. I mean, let's just put up the spoiler wall. Okay, fine. Skip ahead. We're gonna talk about movies that this may spoil them. If you don't care about spoilers, if you're like a very Matilda about it all, you should definitely stick through because we're gonna recommend some really good movies. <laughs> um, so with that, um, triangle. That was on my list. Oh, okay, yes. Right, there you go. Because <laughs> I can't really remember it well enough to know. You know, I just remember going, yeah, I really fucking like that. So when she looks down and there's like all the necklaces piled oh, up. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. So yeah, that one. So then I'm torn now between. Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's a spoiler. It's, it's whether or not this is horror. Um, mm. Is um, the butterfly effect? Mm, I but, think it was like billed as horror. Yeah, but only the director's cut of but- Butterfly Effect, not the theatrical cut, because they changed the ending significantly, oh. and it's much, much darker in the director's cut. Really? Yeah. Have you have you seen? I've it? only ever seen the original version, and I was okay. kind of like, it was fine. It's fine. It's just got like a romantic Hollywood ending. The director's mm. cut has a much darker ending that I don't want to tell you if you haven't seen. Okay. But I highly recommend it. And but uh, also it has a um I guess a sexual abuse trigger warning though so I'll put that out there too and then I've just got honorable mentions that aren't horror okay I'll let you guys go first if you've got more and more kind of spoilery ones okay what about you Rachel did you have some backup I did and these are spoilery which is the endless yeah you know what I mean because there's definitely some time fuckery in that I would sure. say I need to watch that again yeah that movie is good uh. um and then my other pick i you said triangle and then my other one is and this isn't like straight up horror but it's it's more in the sci-fi vein but the implications of it are pretty fucking horrific mm. which is a movie called coherence have you Ooh. seen this no it's just... on amazon prime yeah i keep seeing this pop up yeah it's really good there is time fuckery as well and just like it's kind of fucked up Hmm. But it's really cool. Sounds cool. My backups, like I don't think really that any of these are horror. Um, Interstellar was one. Um, mm. Edge of Tomorrow was love. good. I mean, dis- despite Tom Cruise, like it's actually really fun. I Edge love that Tomorrow. movie. We've got some other like very very non horror ones, and I- I'm not even sure that this would really count as time travel. Like Arrival, messes uh-huh. with time, and that's Arrival that, uh, totally counts. But it's one of my favorite movies of the last like few years. Like it's I good. fucking love that movie. Are you super excited about the Dune remake? About what? The Dune remake. 
Oh yes, yes. Me Although too. I've never, I've never seen any Dune. Um, but mm. just anything with Denis Villeneuve, I'm like, put it in my mm -hmm. face right now, please. Agree. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, unless you got right. any more. No. All right, cool. So I guess that just leaves our Netflix pick. So this is one that I think is totally underrated. It was something that I had heard was like, eh, not that good. And so when I just randomly got around to watching it, because I was just like, I was actually kind of in a mode where I was watching all the movies that were like it. I was like, this one is kind of solid. Like, I feel like it gets, it doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's a little movie called As Above, So Below. Have you guys Ooh, seen this? Yeah. Good. Good. Pick. Right? Like, but I was told by, like, horror fandom that it was garbage, so I never saw it. Oh. And then I finally got around to it, and it is really cool. Like, it is like a sort of Tomb Raider-y, um, Indiana Jones-y by way of horror movie, and I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, crawling across all those bones in those like, tight little corridors, like, mm. nope. Yes, it, like, totally fucks with, like, your, if you have any, any level of claustrophobia. Yeah. So, here's the terrible awful fucking description <laughs> from netflix i don't know why they went this route it makes it sound like garbage and it's actually really good mm. um a beautiful tomb raider and her <laughs> crew hunt for a treasure in the catacombs of paris and find themselves in a hellish underworld okay do not listen to that bullshit yeah, that sounds description like, i knew in the first scene where she's in the middle east and she finds some ancient statue from i don't even know like some mm. ancient like it just like it my my indiana jones senses just started tingling and i was like wait this is the kind of movie i'm watching right now this is the kind of movie i always want to be watching and am not so why mm -hmm. have i not been watching this movie already <laughs> So, yeah, if you've heard bad things about As Above, So Below, or you think you don't like found footage or whatever, give this one a shot. It's actually totally solid, and I'm so excited that I'm not alone in this. Yay! Yes. <laughs> All right. I guess that's it. All right. Well, then in that case, Jody, take us out, woman. Oh, cool. Well, thanks for uh, listening to Zombie Girl. So get some horror movies in your eyeballs. Bye, everybody. Bye. Our yep. bodies are so fragile. They're just <laughs> sacks of liquid and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I figured if I make it maybe part of my movies and he can pick because I'd be happy with all of these. Um, so I've got The Babadook, Kill List, The Mist, The Witch, Brain Dead, Halloween 1, 2, and 3, and Halloween H2O. You really are not trying to fuck. <laughs> 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 chilly, not to be yeah. That's making you the, everybody gonna be real chilly at the end of any episode. <laughs> hey, he's a horror fan. Like we, I went to see the nun with him. Like he's gonna be down for this. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are all excellent films. Mm. They're not. They're not romantic in any way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. What 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 would you pick out of this list if I was making out of that food? list? Yeah. I would pick something else. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs>